Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Today, Andrea connects with musician, author, and podcast host Susan Hookstra to talk about the differences between validation and affirmation and how judgment can affect our creative work. We also get to enjoy one of Susan's original songs. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Creatively Christian. I am your host for today, Andrea Sandifer, and I am joined by my new friend, Susan. I'm so excited to have her on for this conversation today. You guys, what we're going to talk about, uh, I, it weighs heavy on my heart, and it's something that I um, I think is really important. And I really think that a lot of you are going to relate to our conversation today. So Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's a joy to get to meet you and get to know you. I know it was really fun when we had our conversation the other day and, uh, we, we really could have talked for hours, I feel like. So um, we're going to try to pare it down today a little bit for you guys. All right, here, we'll but, try. Uh, I know it's hard. It's hard when you, you like kindred spirit. I think we, we saw that in our last conversation. Just, um, yeah, we have a lot of similar similarities in what we are passionate about and what uh, is important to us. And um, so I'm really, really thankful to be connected with you now, but so just share like right off the bat here, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and maybe, um, you know, even share a little bit about your faith upbringing and, um, your like creative background. Sure. Well, I grew up in a Catholic household. I had three older brothers for any of you young girls out there who have lived with that, you understand. Um, I had three older brothers and then um, my dad actually died when I was 10. And then when I was 13, someone invited me to a youth group and I went to a youth group and the gospel was presented to me in a way that I hadn't heard before. And I just latched onto it like, like glue. I just couldn't stand it. I was, I, I went around and preached to everybody and told them to come to Jesus and everything. Aww. I was so excited about, about that. And so, I mean, of course, since then, it's been like all of us, we've had our moments where we're closer to God and moments where we've pulled away. But I think right now I'm in a place where I just, I just so love being in the presence of God. I can't stand it. So I, I'm trying to do everything I can to stay as close to him as possible through, through the word, through scripture, through praying, and of course, through serving others. So, and that's where this creative part comes in, because I was, you know, when you have three older brothers, Andrea, you, you kind of like want to do what they do, because you're younger, you Mm want to be like them. So I remember when I was six years old, my mom said, I want you to take ballet lessons. And I was sort of, okay, do we have another choice? And, I, <laughs> and she said ballet or swim classes. And your, my brothers were going to swim class. So I chose swim class. I do regret that decision now, but I did, <laughs> I, I did chose swim class because I was so connected with my brothers and I wanted to be like them or compete with them or something. It was just a weird kind of dynamic, right? And so as I grew, I all of a sudden started to realize that my brothers weren't very musical at all, mm-hmm. at all. My dad sang and he had a lovely voice and played harmonica, but I didn't have, I wasn't, didn't grow up in a musical family. And so when I was about 12, I was introduced to the clarinet. And so all of a sudden I could play this thing, 
it came really easy to me and I turned into a band geek. You know, I just loved playing the clarinet and so much so that I ended up majoring in clarinet performance, both in my undergrad and master's degree and have had a career as a clarinetist. Now, some people go, well, how do you make a career as a clarinetist? Well, one, one, you play in orchestras. That's one thing where you play chamber music or recitals. The other is you teach at colleges. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're teaching and you're performing at the same time. And then the other is you do administrative work. So like most musicians, you kind of have this little portfolio career, if you will, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit of everything. And so that's what I did. You know, I did that for many years and still do to this day. So I do a little bit of that. But I also when I was going through a really tough time, spiritually and emotionally, um, I started writing songs. And so that started, that's when things started to become more of a conversation with God, to God, for God, that was different than just doing my job as a clarinetist. It all of a sudden became something much more special and much more meaningful to me. And so even though I still do clarinet things, I'm just, I'm, I'm more, my creative part has to do with songwriting, but then God has expanded it. And he kind of told me at one point, you know, Susan, you're a creative person, okay? So that creativity can overflow into anything. And so I started a podcast, that's creative folks. I started a, I wrote a book, that's creative. And I do different projects. I organize events and different things to support Christian artists. So there's all this stuff that I'm doing and, and God says, you know, just go ahead, just be creative. It, you know, we think of, when we think of creative, Andrea, sometimes we think of it as you have to be artistic. And that's certainly part of it, but you're just as creative when you organize a, a good meal, okay? Or you paint your house, or you, I mean, that's just as creative. So we're all creative beings because we were designed like God and we were in his image. So we're supposed to be creative. And that means we create something that hasn't existed before. How cool is it's that? the best. And, and I love your definition of creativity. Um, I remember that from our last conversation. It, it really stuck with me and um, because I get to encourage a lot of creative people in uh, not only this podcast, but in some of the work, ministry work that I do. And um, it's really easy for us. And I'm sure everybody's heard it people say, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not very creative. And man, I wish that's a hurdle we could all clear uh, and just get past. So I love, I love your portfolio. So you you kind (laughs) of spoke to it that way. You uh, are what we would call a multi-talented creative here. Um, uh, You do a lot of things and God's called you into a lot of things and it's very exciting. Um, And kind of hinted at it. What was it kind of along your journey that Uh, God used to call you uh, forward into your songwriting and uh, your creative work? Well, I think, first of all, music just spoke to me, even from a young age. There was like, I, my background, it was a very tense, it was low socioeconomic. We, my mom was a screamer. There was a lot of panic in the household, a lot. And so when I, I would be in my room a lot. And one of the things I love to do in my room is listen to music. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that like became one of my best friends still is to this day, because, you know, there are times, Andrea, that, that 
we listen to a song and it's sort of like that song understands us on a level that no other human being can. And this is God's gift to us. And so I had that, I've always had that connection with music. Okay. I just ended up going in this direction with classical music playing, which it was just its own thing, you know, and that was a little bit different than just creating an, an emoting from, from the heart, like David does in the Psalms. Right. So it became different to me. I started to be called to say, you're called to be creative. You're called to send a message. And part of the message that God has me send and that I've seen throughout my career is this really strong need that we do, especially as creative Christians, to be validated and affirmed. And what I mean by validation, if I can start elaborating on that. Yeah, please do. Validation is simply acknowledgement. And in the book that I wrote, I talk about this. It's acknowledging where someone's at. It doesn't mean changing where they're at. It doesn't mean trying to talk them out of it, you know, in any way, shape or form. It's not even necessarily approving of where they're at. Okay. But it's acknowledging that, Hey, this is where this person is at, at this moment in time. Give you an example. When I was going through a divorce, very, very painful for me. And I came into a small group setting and I was exhausted because I was dealing with lawyers all day and I was just exhausted. And I came in and I sat down and just sat there. And this woman in the group came up to me and she just gently started stroking my hair. She didn't say anything to me, not a word, folks, not a word. And she didn't say anything, but that simple gesture made me feel affirmed, made me feel acknowledged, made me feel as though somebody saw me, right? And then when we're affirmed, now affirming, I, I call approval. This is where, for instance, like say you're a little kid and you drew a picture and what, what's the first thing you do with that picture, Andrea? You want to share it with somebody, right? You want to go and share it. So you take your picture and you run to your mom. You go, mommy, look what I I drew. And she goes, oh, that's lovely. And what did she usually do? Put it on the refrigerator. She showcased it. That's an approval. That's saying, hey, not only did you do this, but I want to showcase it and share it with others. And so creative people, especially, we, we have a need for both of that. Mm-hmm. We need someone to acknowledge where we're at, and we also need somebody to approve of it. And see, in Christian circles, sometimes I think if we start talking about this, then we're, we're all of a sudden we're talking about self-promotion. And, you know, isn't this about God, Susan? And I'm like, of course it is. Of yes. course it is. But we were designed to be in community with others, right? And when we're in community, just like this, the, the Trinity is in community with one another, don't they validate and affirm one another? Mm. And so if you're looking at a true picture of community, you're looking at that. So we do have this need. However, sometimes just like any need we have, it can turn into a lust pattern and go too far. And so we all know the people who feel really needy and they always need to be affirmed and you can't say enough good things to them and they just don't hear it. So that's taking it too far. And we have a perfect example of that in scripture with Lucifer who decided, hey, I want you guys to worship me, notice me. So we, you know, that's taking it too far. So 
in the book, I talk about our need for it, how we've tried to get that need met and how sometimes the way we try to get that need met doesn't satisfy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and that was kind of, it leads me to my next question, you know, because I think I've been taught at times that seeking affirmation is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's a misconception, uh, within Christian circles, uh, that it, it would be, um, selfish of us or because we are creating for the Lord, we should be seeking his approval only. Mm-hmm. So would you define it as bad to be looking, looking for affirmation from people around us? I think you've already kind of answered that, but like, how can we get grounded and, and enter into a, a state of contentment? Um, well, I think, I think what you're getting at is, for instance, I don't know why, if you need affirmation, I don't know why. Okay. I don't know the why behind you need it. The why really is between you and God, because he judges the thoughts and intents of our heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to God, okay. And checking in with him. Okay. And saying, God, I go to him first. We always should go to him first, right? And go to him first and saying, you know, I did all this hard work and I'm not getting any recognition, God. Go to God first and God will give you the answer. You could, it could be bad in the sense, I don't like to say the good and bad, but it could be bad in the sense that your motive isn't isn't aligned with God. Okay. So you do have to check your motives. I, if I could give an example, a little story, um, I was in, I had, um, did a lot of clarinet playing. And then I was in a season that I was just doing more teaching and administrative. And so I started doing more playing again and there weren't that many gigs. So I decided I was going to join an area community band. Now I love community bands. I think they're, they've got a great spirit, but for me, who was used to playing at a different level, when I went into the community band, I got frustrated. Okay, because it was it wasn't at the level that I was used to. And so I would leave there and I would be frustrated. And then I kept asking God, I go, well, God, I'm trying to give back. You know, isn't that a good motive? And he goes, yeah, I guess. But is it? Do you have to give back? And so the ironic thing, and I talk about this story in the book, is I went through all this and I, I kind of in my head went through my checking my motives. What were my motives? And I realized that I was, I was playing in the band because I was in fear that I wasn't going to find another gig. Hmm. And so God said, God said to me, is that a good reason for you to be in there? Because when you're in there, you're grumpy. <laughs> you're not as that nice and cordial. You get kind of complainy with the other people around you. And I'm not, so the fruits of the spirit aren't being exemplified. And it's, it's a struggle for me to do that, right? I have to constantly pray and ask God for help. And I don't think we need, we're meant to be that, that striving with it. So getting back to this is that I learned that I was doing it for the wrong reasons. So I decided to quit the band And in the book, I talk about it and I say, well, I I decided to quit the band. And instead of going to rehearsal tonight, I'm writing this book. (laughs) So it was like 
God said, I just have, I, I, I need, as creative people, we have to be open to moving to a different direction because yeah. God might want us to go in a different direction. But to answer your question, I hope I did, is that it, we have to check our motives. Um, I can't be in judgment on you to check your motives because I don't, I, I can't know them, you know? Sure, sure. Well, I think that's up to us and our relationship with God to check and see if we're doing things for the right reasons. Yeah, that's really good. And I love that idea of checking in with God first, you know, on things and um, listening for his approval and his affirmation above all else. Um, Talk about a way to get grounded in anything that we do. Um, And then I would think like any affirmation above and beyond that would just be icing on the cake Um, Mm -hmm. or it should be uh, because if we've got God's approval, uh, that's all that really matters. Um, So that's great. Um, Oh, go ahead. No, uh, you keep going. I, I was love just going to say, God, God um, uses other people to affirm us yeah. and to validate us. But I would argue that we could, as human beings, we, and I would make this argument till I die, at least until God tells me something different. And that <laughs> is that we, we do okay if people just acknowledge us. We, we're, our needs are met when we're acknowledged. Okay. The affirmation is the icing on the cake. The approval is the icing Mm. on the cake. A lot of times we seek the approval because the acknowledgement isn't there. I'll give you an example. And we talked about this a little bit, making dinner. Okay. I I think I make a pretty good lasagna. Okay. I bet you do. (laughs) I make this good lasagna, right? And it takes a while to make lasagna and I make it and if I present it and no one says anything like, oh, good, good job, or I like this, oh, this is really good, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll be honest with you, I'm like, they don't like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Or why or, in the world did I just spend all day making this list? Yeah, <laughs> I could have just picked up sofas, you know? So it's like, you know, there's, even, even in that, it's, it's what was it is acknowledging that you put the effort forward. Now, somebody said, wow, I, you must have taken a long time to make this lasagna. And even if they didn't tell me it was really good and they loved it, they acknowledged the fact that I took the time to make the lasagna. Yeah. Uh, I made Sunday dinner is usually when I, uh, we're talking here on a Monday and, uh, Sunday dinners when I take the most time, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, I made schnitzel and roasted potatoes and the works last night. And I thought about this uh, conversation that we had had previous and just mentioning the dinner aspect of things. And um, I tried to pay attention to like what it felt like in my heart as I handed my family their plates full of amazingness. Mm -hmm. uh, If I do say so myself. Um, There you go. (laughs) And uh and, and just even their thank you, mom, made a huge difference to me. Just just them acknowledging and being thankful for what, what I can't just handed to them. None of them, I will say, I will call them out on this. None of them said that was amazing or anything like that. But you're right. Just that acknowledgement of that thankfulness uh, for what I had provided. It was, it was enough for me. Like it was a little frustrating to not hear that was, that was incredible. Um, but that, uh, validation 
It's huge. And I think that's something we could be doing for each other, whether or not we're totally into what each other is doing or love what everybody's creating. If we're validating each other, that holds a lot of power. Yeah. And we talked about this example um, of a, somebody who is loves worship and they get up there and they sing and maybe they're out of tune and they're not very pleasant to listen to, but they have this beautiful heart for worship. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to be disingenuous and go up there and say, Oh, it sounded beautiful. I don't think so. I think you can go up and you can say, sounds like you really, man, you, I could just see the Lord just speaking through you today. Yeah. When you were singing. We had our kids choir. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We had our kids choir lead worship yesterday. Uh, So you could imagine second through eighth grade kids Mm -hmm. up there. Uh, Joyful noises all around. It was great. And some of them are extremely talented and some of them are up there with the joy of the Lord in their hearts and whatever comes out is just, it's great. It makes me think of that. Like, uh, yeah, there is beauty to be found in, in seeing the heart behind, uh, the art, I guess. And, and noticing, okay. Noticing Noticing someone's effort, like you, your, your, your family noticed that you made the meal and said, thank you. That's a noticing of your effort. Right. And very often, I think, especially when we're creative, because let's face it, it's risky to share our stuff with people yeah. because the minute we share our stuff, there's, there is a chance we're going to get rejected. Yeah. You it, know, it, and, it can be scary. It's, it's like, I've written over maybe a hundred songs. I haven't shared all of them because some of them in my opinion, aren't that good or, or something, or I just don't. And the other thing with me is I actually don't sing. So I have to hire somebody to sing them and record them and things like that. So that's another uh, thing that God showed me about, about collaborating, which you can talk about later. But the whole thing is, is that when we create something, you, you've caught, you, when somebody creates something, you kind of have to look at them like that little kid bringing their drawing up to put on the refrigerator. Are you going to just rip it up? Are you going to throw it out? You know, and when the Bible, when the Bible says encourage one another, I don't think it's saying encourage them if they're talented, right? Encourage them if they're the top of the heap, you know, he's saying encourage one another. Period. And I think one of the (laughs) best ways we can encourage one another, especially as creative Folks, I don't know who's listening to this out there, but I'm sure you're a creative person. And we need to um, encourage one another in our creativity. Because oftentimes, especially I know when I was a clarinet, you know, in the clarinet things, it's hugely competitive. I mean, there would be, you know, 40 people trying for a a clarinet job, one clarinet job that paid $3,000 a year. I mean, that's kind of the way the world, it works that way. So it's like, it's hugely competitive. So there's this competition that we have. And I think if we get to this place where we realize that we have a unique package that isn't like anyone else's. And, and I, and I, I, like, I want to say, I want to say, Andrea, say preach it sister, because I have, I have, you know, I have a unique package 
I mean, I'm a clarinetist, a professional classical clarinetist, and I write songs that I can't sing. I'm an author and a podcaster. I'm an administrator who creates a lot of things, but at the heart of it all, if you took all away, what I feel like my real, real gift is, is that God wants me to encourage creative people. Yeah. Uh, And you're really good at it. (laughs) So I'm glad that's your mission. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because I feel like you are the definition of probably a majority of us to where a lot of us are creative in so many different ways. And we're just trying to figure out how God is going to use our unique package, our unique abilities, our unique talents, our unique voices. And um, for somebody like you, that is kind of walking forward with a unique package yourself, having the heart to encourage the artist. It's such a gift because a lot of us feel lost in our, our journey or our, um, discovery of what it is that God's calling us to do, what he's calling us to create and having somebody to partner with us and, and encouraging our uniqueness. It's huge. It's such a gift. And that is, that's definitely something I've been trying to really um, have conversations about on here is encouraging our unique voices um, as creative artists. And, um, and you mentioned the collaboration, Ah, I know because you're a songwriter that doesn't perform your work, you've had to collaborate a lot. And you had mentioned that, um, too, that in, in sharing our work, there's a vulnerability there. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking before in our previous conversation, how there's a vulnerability in collaborating too. Um, yeah. Have you experienced that? Just that hesitation? You know, the, the, the first time I ever wrote a song with another person was my daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we actually wrote uh, the song called Deliver Me that is actually used part of it for my intro music for, my, for the podcast. But we, we sat down and, and, you know, she came over and, you know, she said, what do you want to do today, mom? And we were visiting and she's an adult daughter, obviously. And I said, you know, a lot of people go, well, let's go shopping. Well, I'm not a shopper, just not, have never been, they know this about me. So, um, so I said, well, instead of going shopping or watching a movie or something like that, um, how about if we write a song? And at first she was kind of like, mm, okay. <laughs> and she's actually... She's actually a very talented songwriter, but in a way, her, her writing songs was her journal and my writing songs was my journal. And all of a sudden, mom and daughter were going to share a journal together. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So we, so I said, well, let's, let's, so we, we decided we were just going to do something based on a scripture verse so that it would be a neutral, neutral, safe ground. (laughs) And it it turned out lovely. We ended up recording it and it's, it turned out really, really well. And we, we had, there's some great memories we have from that, especially in the recording studio when we were with his, cause she used her worship team recorded it for me. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun. It was just one of those memories I'm not never going to forget with her, but the collaboration comes because you have to be vulnerable. You have to share an idea and, and go, and somebody might not, might go, well, I hear it this way, or mm-hmm. I hear it that way. And the thing is, is that um, when you combine those things, something different happens. Most really great songs 
have been not not written by themselves. Yeah, yeah. There's a new song out called I Speak Jesus. Have you heard this song? Oh, I don't know. If you have it, you got to hear it. Okay. Four four or five people wrote it. Oh, wow. I know somebody else sang it. Somebody else sang it. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at Chris Tomlin, a lot of his stuff, you know, he wrote songs with Louis Giglio. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's something that's special that happens. And I think it puts you in a, a place where if you're, if you're, if your mind is right, it puts you in a place where you're surrendering to the spirit to give you the ideas instead of your own abilities. And you've got to be in a place where you're not looking for that. If that person doesn't like it, you kind of go, yeah, all right, well, let's try, let's try this. And you try something else. And and at the end of the day, something's going to happen. I've never heard that before. Surrendering to the spirit. That makes so much sense. If we're in a, if we're in a group and collaborating with each other, our egos don't have as much room to work <laughs> because, because any idea that it really walks forward well is going to be uh, among Christian creatives. I could see the spirit really being able to interject uh, his heart for the the message to get across. If it's a song or if it's a, if it's a, a show or a book or anything I could see. I've never heard that before. I love that idea, surrendering well, to the spirit. And, and also remember that the, the gifts and talents that we possess are just that they've been given to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, we develop them. Okay. I didn't wake up being able to be at a professional level clarinet playing. Trust me, my brothers will tell you differently. (laughs) (laughs) But You know, I had to develop it. Okay. It had to be developed and that's our part, but it's really, and at the end of the day, whatever we have is from God, because I remember one time I came home and I was really frustrated because I had I had written all these songs and they weren't going anywhere and, and no one really cared if I wrote them and stuff. And so I, I came home and I was talking to my husband and I said, um, well, I don't understand. Why would God give me this talent to write the songs, but not the ability to sing them? Well, that's, that's not nice. You know, I was kind of sorting that out, you know, and he, he basically said, well, maybe God doesn't want you to do this alone. So being a creative Christian doesn't mean just sequestering yourself to your little studio. Um, I think being a creative Christian means we have to share what God has given us. We have to be strong enough to share it and strong enough to accept that, you know, it might be somebody's thing. It might not be somebody's thing. And I think that you get to that place when you go first to God. Mm you go first to God. You start a songwriting session with God. You start with prayer. You start with the word. You start with, you know, making, praying for the other person and what's going on with them. Then you get, you get yourself in a position where it becomes, it becomes about God, not just the creation. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I don't want things to sound good. Okay. I don't want anybody to think that. Because, you know, I, I have standards too, you know, but um, 
you know, I also know that I'm not the next Chris Tomlin and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. Yeah. And that gets back to this whole affirmation thing. What is it that we're looking for? Why are we creating? Are we creating because we want to share um, something God has revealed to us or we want to worship Jesus or, you know, what, why? And I think that um, instrumental music is just as important as non-instrumental music because instrumental music gives us processing time and it gives us a chance to reflect and meditate on what we might happen. Um, in fact, in, in the book, I have a link to what I call a soaking session. And in this soaking session, I, what I do is I, I have some excerpts from the book and then I play a piece or that I arranged for clarinet and, and piano and cello kind of thing. And then I'll play a song that I wrote. And it's all related to the different chapters in the book, but you can just listen to it on its own. And every single time I listen to it, I don't know why, but I just go, <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like, if that's if that's what it's meant to do. I'm I'm okay with that. That's fantastic. And I love that you paired music with your books too. I just recently had a conversation uh with uh Rick Norris uh who did the same thing in his novels and I think it's just a beautiful dimension to the craft of writing uh to be able to pair music and and yours especially. I'm so drawn to the idea of just being able to sit and soak and process. And uh, I use music a lot in my prayer time. And because I I think it just holds a special power for my personalities, especially maybe, Um, maybe some people um, prefer silence, but I seem to focus better. And I seem to commune with God uh, a lot better uh, through music. So um, yeah, I love I love everything that you're doing. You've got the book, you've got your podcast conversations, and we're going to link everybody to those so that they can connect with you um, and learn from you. Because uh, yeah, I your book is on my wish list. My birthday's coming up, and oh, I've already told awesome. my family I need Susan's book. <laughs> so, um, so speaking of books, um, what uh, books are you reading, or have you? Uh, read in the past that really spurred on this mission that you have or that feed your own creativity? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there's a lot of different ones, but there's one that sticks out to me right now. And it's this book called How to Stop the Pain. And it's actually, believe it or not, it's actually a book on judging. And it talks about how we get into judgments way too quickly. And I think that we start categorizing somebody in a certain way quickly. And a lot of times, and they define in this book that judging is when you judge the motive behind what somebody's doing instead of the actual action. So let's say you stole something. I can say, Andrea stole something. Would you say that was slanderous? No. Okay. But if I started talking about why you did it, or, you know, then, then I, it's slanderous because I really don't know. You really don't know. I'm ruining your reputation. So this book really was, it's helpful and it's helping. And you say, well, Susan, how does that help your creativity? I think it's helpful because we, we need to, when we're creating something, we need to stop judging 
judging what you think others, somebody else is going to think about it. We mm-hmm. need to stop judging even ourselves. Like, well, you know, I mean, if you think about some of the greatest composers out there, they started doing something different than other people did. So if your stuff is a little bit different and it doesn't meet a mold or doesn't, it's not going to be played on the, you know, the top, top 40 or whatever you call it, um, you know, or win a Grammy award or whatever, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times in this profession, we think it has value when it is approved of or affirmed. And so that's where the judgments connect in with the creativity. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's a really good, healthy connect. Um, because I, I, f- I feel myself do that all the time. I think that's really interesting to consider um, that our lack of affirming each other or our lack of validation can really stem from judgment um, and not understanding and not, not being willing to look at the heart of uh, what that person is doing. And um, yeah, I think that's really, I'll have to look that one up and we'll have to um, send everybody uh, kind of where to find that book as well. It's it's incredible. It really changed, changed things for me and my perspective on things. That's great. Okay, Susan, uh, kind of around the corner on our conversation here. Uh, what you've got a lot going on, but what um, upcoming project are you most excited about right now? Well, believe it or not, um, I'm going, I'm joining ministry forces with another ministry, and this ministry is a farming ministry. So, my husband and I are closing on a house in an hour on a farm. <laughs> I've never, I've never had a farm. I don't, I grew up in Detroit. I don't know about all this, but she's doing the farming part and I'm doing some other things. And part of what I'll be doing on the farm is, is because we have a praise pavilion. We've got a barn that we're going to have worship concerts in. Um, And part of what I want to do is, is support the local worship pastors and creative people in, in offering uh, workshops on creativity that some that I get, but also like songwriting workshops and, and also being, we'll have cabins and some overnight stays on the property where people can come and, and, you know, an author can rent the, the cabin for a weekend and, and, and write. Ugh. And then, so that's my piece of it. And her piece is that she, and I also do a lot of one-on-one, um, mentoring with creative people but also people who have been through like um sexual abuse betrayals and um people are fatherless because those are areas pain points that i've had in my life and so god has in you know second corinthians uh one three and four talks about comforting others with the same comfort so that's Mm -hmm. that's what i'm trying to do but i have a heart for creatives i have a heart for those other individuals so i do a lot of one-on-one i've been doing this for years but i'll be doing that as well there and uh i don't know what else god has in mind but she does equine therapy so she will have horses on the property oh wow we'll we'll have some chickens but um that's it and some and some gardens but uh that's it we're not gonna do anything more than that (laughs) Oh, can I come visit your farm? I want to come visit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping it will be a creative safe haven. 
people to come and not only get healed, but be restored as a creative. And uh, tell our audience, I, I, I think we forgot to mention this. Where are you located? Where is your farm going to be? Well, it's in Traverse City, Michigan. Now, for those who know Michigan, it's, it's and you know, of course, you know, we always do this. We have a little, <laughs> it's up here. Um, it's, it's a beautiful area. Yeah. I mean, right across the street is uh, walking trails along a rushing river, which will be great for meditative and purposes. Um, there's also... I mean, we have the Bay, we have Lake Michigan, we have Sleeping Bear Dunes. It's, it's, it's a resort town, frankly. It's a resort town. And so there's a lot of people that come up here for vacations. So it is, it's a beautiful area. So it's not only restorative as far as, you know, just getting away, it's restorative as far as where you're getting away to. Oh, okay. I'm booking my ticket. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> you're calm. It's been a weekend. <laughs> So we're excited about what God's going to do. So that's another creative project, Andrea, uh, that's yeah. a little bit different, but it does connect with everything God has, has brought me through. And I, that's, if I could say one word of encouragement to people listening, it would be encouragement. If you don't, if you feel discouraged and no one's encouraging, think back to what, how God has equipped you. Because what you're doing now is probably because God prepared you before this. So he's equipping. So everything that you do, writing a poem, everything you do has, has benefit. It might have just, that poem might be just between you and God. That song might be just between you and God. But at the end of the day, what, what we all have in common is God's mercy. Because God says, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you know, you might not feel worthy, you might not feel like you measure up, but I said you were worth it. And as we celebrate, you know, this is coming up on Holy Week, we celebrate Holy Week and the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's the message. The message is God's mercy prevails. So, um, in fact, I, I wrote a song that's just a mercy prayer song that I think we're, we might play. Is that- yeah, we'll share that at the end. Uh, and 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 I'll I'll have you share a little bit about that. Um, but first, where can our listeners connect with you best, Susan? Well, you can come to my website. It's Susan K as in Kathleen Hookstra, H O E K S T R A. Lots of information. You can find songs on there that you can listen to. Um, there's information about the book. Of course, you can get the book on Amazon. The book is called A Firm Grasp feeling validated in a notice me world. So you can certainly get that from my website. Also, I have a podcast called The Notice. And as you, you can tell, we actually, what we do is we notice God in various ways. Like one time I had a filmmaker on there, noticing God during uh, filmmaking, noticing God as an, uh, as an artist. I've had people on there noticing God when I feel rejected. So we've had a whole different kinds of guests. And I also do some things on my own when I get into, in case you can't tell, I can rant. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, That's why, I, that's why we become podcast hosts. So we can just talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 So sometimes I get going. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, that is awesome. We will connect everybody with all of that. And uh, Susan, we love to close our episodes with prayer. And so before I have you share about the song we're going to hear, I would love to pray for you and your farm, especially. Oh my goodness. Uh, And just, yeah, thanking God for our time. So let's go to prayer. Thank you. Oh, Father God, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for this time with Susan. Um, she's such an encouragement to me, and I know she will be to those listening. And Lord, we just thank you for how you have brought her along in her journey and how, Lord, she looks back now and sees your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy to her. And that she can point to all of that and go, God was preparing her for this. And it's such a testimony, um, an example to us, Lord, to just to hang on and keep stepping forward with you. And we just thank you for her example and her willingness to share today. And Lord, I am genuinely excited about the project ahead on the farm and I just, I love her heart for wanting to encourage and um, come around creative souls and encourage them and um, bless them and help them forward, Lord. And we just pray for that project uh, to get up and running and start to minister to hearts as soon as possible, Lord. And um bless her partnership with her friend, with the the equine therapy and the, the farming side of things. And we just, we pray for that to be a fruitful ministry for um, people from all over, but especially for the Michigan area there, Lord. Um, Thank you that we get to uh, know about that and uh, just look expectantly for what you're going to do there, Lord. Uh, It's a blessing to be able to Um, encourage Susan today uh, in that work, that good work. Um, Just pray for her and all that she does, all the conversations ahead, um, all of her uh, work, encouraging creatives one-on-one. And um, we pray that you would just continue to use your, her life in the ways that you just have in beautiful ways. And may it be for your glory. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So tell us about Mercy, the song that everybody gets to stick around and enjoy. Yeah. Well, the kind the this is kind of the heartbeat and the message of the of the book. And that is yes, we need affirmation. Yes, we need validation. Yes, we've gone about trying to get that met in unhealthy ways or and at the end of the day, it's it's God's mercy that actually answers that question for us because our feelings of unworthiness and how unworthy we feel is our, is, is exactly why we need mercy because God removes whatever punishment we have. So when he removes that punishment through mercy, he removes fear. What would it be like as creative people to not have fear when you create? Freeing. It would be so freeing. And God offers that. God offers that through mercy. So this is kind of a Benedictine. It's kind of like a benediction kind of prayer. Um, And it's just meant to uh, just, just quiet your heart and receive his mercy. Amen. Well, enjoy everyone. Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. And I cannot wait for everybody to just soak in uh, your beautiful music and um, yeah, just blessings on all that you're doing. Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening today. To see the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theophanymedia.com forward slash notice. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our music, and Jake Dobrins produces and edits the show.